The views and opinions expressed on From the Mouths of Madness are that of the panel and not of the Geeks Under the Influence Network or their sponsors. Amazon.com and TeePublic.com. Listeners, beware. Coming straight from the mouths of madness. I am one of the hosts, Lowdown Brown. With me as always is... Yeah, you Hunter. What's up, bitches? Excuse me. What are we doing? What is up? Quarantine. Stuck the fuck home, bitches. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> Case of the crazy bitches, all right? Case like, of the fuck. crazy bitches. Yeah, speaking of the topic. Uh, um, and with us tonight, we have a special guest. He hasn't been on since we had an episode about a scary little clown. Uh, the founder of Geeks on the Influence Network. The man who's is solely responsible for everything you hear from GUI and everything that you see from GUI. I'm so sorry. Mike Dobbit Bickett. I think solely responsible is either your way of <laughs> throwing me into a pre-dug grave or or uh, or you're not giving enough uh, enough credit to everybody that's put on these shows. I mean, Hunter's on like, I think, 82 shows on the network. <laughs> and uh, and no. Lowdown, you, you host, like, you co-host a couple. You have this show, like, I mean... There, there's a lot of people that are involved in GUI Network being the thing, so I appreciate it. But. It's more like uh, anything anything that we do that pisses people off. Like, I'm just making you dig it and then roll over in it. Fair. That's where it's from. That's fair. No. Yeah. GUI, clarification for listeners. GUI is uh, multiple people make this shit work. It is no single person at all. No. Not in And never least. really has been. It took one person to get the equipment. Mike, you did set everything up to get it going. And then it just took minds to come together to make the shit happen. So no, no, no. I do not mean seriously that it's just him. I just like to give him the shit. The credit I'll take is is this is me. I have an idea. And that's it. That's all <laughs> I can take credit for. <laughs> just the way you said solely, it's, I've watched too many crime shows. Like, And Mike the Hobbit Bigot was solely responsible for the d- lives of, you know, like it's <laughs> sounded like some kind of <laughs> criminal court case shit so yes you are solely responsible After the quarantine is over episodes are gonna get real weird so <laughs> oh i'm sure yeah they are <laughs> i am sure yeah there's gonna be some some deaths for sure yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so um, all right back to the horror <laughs> well death horror i mean <laughs> yeah. we kind of you know uh, yeah. So we have a special, another special quarantine edition we thought would go really well with what's going on in the world right now we're gonna talk about the horror of isolation and there's tons of them. Now, as with more topics to come and topics we've already had, there are some crossovers with movies because they do kind of cross into different genres. Now, we try to talk specifically about what makes this movie fit into that particular category. That way we don't spoil what we want to talk about in the other categories about the movie. So, you know, there, some of these movies we've already talked about multiple times, but that just shows how but it might have been they slight, are. It yeah. might have been slight mentions on these where... Yeah. Other episodes, we might bring out a little bit more on those movies where we might mentioned it to fit it into that category. So Exactly. Exactly. So, buckle your seats. We're in. Yeah, here we go. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out swinging with this. I got to start with one of the first ones I ever saw that really gave me like this claustrophobic feeling, and that was Alien. Uh, oh, definitely. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, can you get more trapped than stuck on a fucking ship out in the middle of space? Fuck. And it holds on to that classic trope of like, I don't know where the creature is. You know, imagine Alien is basically if you're stuck in your home in quarantine and you know you have a rat, but you don't know where the rat is. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold on. Like a New York City sewer rat, maybe. Yes. Okay. We'll go with that. Or no. How about uh, what are the big rat looking uh, rodents that are huge? A rat is around here? No, no, they have them like the south and shit. So possums? No, no. They're... (laughs) It looks like a giant rat, basically, but they're like huge. They're like seventy pounds. Oh Jesus! I don't want to want to fucking know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm good. I don't know, and I don't want to. It's one know. of those, and yeah, basically, Alien is the space version of that, except like the giant sewer rat is able to like kill and eat you, and like lay its lay its rat eggs in your chest. <laughs> I would call Alien a fucked up hide and seek because if you <laughs> get caught, you're fucking dead. All right, like jazz hands. <laughs> yeah, just ants. <laughs> By the way, if you've ever seen the deleted scene um, when the two last people to really be killed by the xenomorph 
um, they're getting the tanks together, and you see the final cut is the shadow of the xenomorph hovering over her, mm-hmm. like standing up, hovering over her. There is a 10-second scene that they cut, thank God, where the, the xenomorph is literally on its butt, scooting towards her, and then gets up. It's really good that they fucking took that scene away because it looks fucking stupid. And so them cutting that and then you see the shadow and then you see it standing up. That's the way to fucking go. That deleted scene is goddamn terrible looking. So two things that come to mind with talking about that scene. One is just a standard dog, you know, rubbing its ass across the floor coming to you. Two, (laughs) Cheech Marin with itchy balls and a straitjacket coming towards you. I couldn't take that seriously at all. That's why they had to cut it out, because it looks <laughs> fucking stupid. The other scene that was cut out of Aliens is when it's one of the surviving people of the Nostromo taking the alien to the vet to get its anal glands expressed, and the, the acid that shoots out of the alien's anal glands melt the face of the veterinarian. So that, Yeah, we need another table. It's, it's in the exclusive director's cut. It's a, it's a, the, the anniversary cut. Uh, you should definitely check it out, because it's a pretty vital scene. You really get a better feeling for the xenomorph in the veterinary office. Another thing that's that's great about Alien is that you go from the ship and being, you know, stuck in the ship, being chased by this alien. Finally, Ripley gets on the escape ship. This tiny ass one, what, a like three persons ship or something like that, mm-hmm. gets away right as you know the big ship blows up, and then there she's stuck with the xenomorph in even a smaller contained fucking area. Like it went from big ass ship to small fucking. Uh, you better figure out some shit because you ain't got a lot of room for error here. So, and then the yeah. next movie, it's seven minutes in heaven with a xenomorph, and so it's an even smaller space. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, but that definitely was the first one. Um, you know, and 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 keeping in line in vain with you know, alien and organisms. Uh, you know, I got to give Carpenter's a thing. That is, <sighs> God, I mean, fuck that. Just could you imagine? I don't know what's worse: outer space, where I mean, you can't even step out of the ship, or an Antarctic waste uh, wasteland where you don't want to step out of the building. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, I would say that the thing is actually a little bit more stressful because in space, if you step out of the spaceship, you're you're dead. I mean, yeah, there's no hope. But <laughs> there's just enough of like stupidity in the human mind to think I could probably hike a hundred miles <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> Where like yeah. in the matter of desperation is like ah fuck it. So that little bit of hope makes it so much worse because once you get to like mile twelve, and you're like oh no I'm gonna freeze to death like, I'm dead. And then you have that realization, but you got hours before that happens. It's not like you step out of a spaceship and you've got a few more seconds before you like implode and all of your blood comes out of your body. No, this is like you're gonna slowly freeze to death in the middle of nowhere. I think that's worse. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that is. Uh, a very slow death, and the thing is, is a little worse because, like you, like you had mentioned, Hobbit, it's, it's like you know a giant rat loose in your house. So like, there's this the the, the thing is, is its own entity roaming around the ship, uh, well, an alien, just the 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 villain, and in the thing, your villain is just in individual people that looks normal, so you really don't know where the fuck they are. That's like if the rat looks like your wife and is shitting in the garage. Yeah, you know? I was going to say. <laughs> you, you see your kid, you give your kid a hug, and then you find out it's a fucking rat in disguise, and you're you fucked. wake yeah, up and your I wife mean, is like, like chewing on the telephone cord, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you okay? <laughs> can I do oh. any to test your blood? Come on. I mean, sweetie. I kind of want to see this movie now. <laughs> can, we, can we have that? Can we do that? Uh, we got a camera. I don't know why we're not doing these right? things. Oh, yeah, COVID. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Um, both movies do a good job of showing the hysteria that ha- the hysteria that happens in being enclosed, being locked in, and you know having a th- an immediate threat. I feel like you know because an alien, they did. I mean, the crew went basically batshit. Uh, even though they still trusted each other, they still started to kind of turn and question each other. Whereas in the thing, they all just started turning on each other. Yeah, I mean, I think with with Alien, you do have that hidden element, which is you know Ash who's working for the company, who you first deal with Xenomorph being the enemy, and then it's the company and the Xenomorph, because Ash is pretty much like, fuck everybody on here, contain the alien, bring it back. With the thing, it's pretty much every man for himself, to the point where you have sort of alliances that, that then get dissolved because, I mean, anybody can be this fucking thing. So there is no real, like, 
there's no team. It's everybody pretty much on their own. Yeah, yeah, everyone on their own. And God, that's a uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I was just gonna bring up the next one, but um, I picked up a 4K player, and uh, one of the first movies I got because I had heard rave reviews on this, The Fucking Shining. Mm, yeah. 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 Hunter was raving about this the other day, actually, to me. God, it looks so fucking good. I mean, I love that fucking movie. And you were talking about a claustrophobic isolation movie where the house, I mean, the the inn is literally fucking with you. I mean, that's it. Another, uh, you know, enemy or villain threat is the is the weather with The Shining too. It's not yeah. just how fucked up internally the Overlook is. It's outside. You're fucked. And The Shining is actually a perfect example of the reason why these isolation movies are so fucking terrifying, because I've, I've been talking about it with Amy Bogard, uh, that the idea of being trapped, let's say even quarantine, trapped in a place where you're with like, you're with like an abusive like person or, you know, something like twisted happens and you don't really have anywhere to go. And the, the, and yeah. even with the quarantine, you you do. I mean, in the end, you do. You're not going to die if you step outside of your house. But in these movies, you don't. Like, uh, Alien, where are they going to go? In The Shining, you know, they're going to die in on the road, like, trying to get back into town. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. escape. So that feeling of, like, I can't get away. Like, if you have to have a fucking giant tractor thing with tracks to travel anywhere, you're, that's that means it's a fucking hike to get to civilization right. again. You're fucked. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's the closest, like, uh, con- connection with the thing as far as that goes with the weather being in isolation, right? It's the same thing. If they try to just walk because the, you know, uh, Jack fucked with the, you know, starter, so the, the coil pack on the on the tractor they have. They can't go anywhere. They're going to walk. They're, yeah, they're going to walk 20 miles in the town. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it only took Jack Torrance, what, about, if you estimate the time frame in which they all the shit at the end happened, it took him, what, I don't know. Six hours to freeze, turn into a popsicle outside. Yep. Right. So, <laughs> which I love the very end of The Shining, where he's yelling "Danny," but as he gets colder and colder, it comes out and like weird, not Danny, and you can just tell he's starting to just freeze to fucking death and get to the point of not understanding how language works anymore. So words are hard. Yeah. <laughs> now. I think The Shining is actually a good example of how you could be so isolated and feel like you're in such a small place, even though you're in like probably one of the largest fucking hotels in, in at least the U.S., but because in, unless you get somewhere and step outside, I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same pattern on the floor. It's the same. You, you, it, it feels like you're going down the same hallway 20 times if you were to walk through the fucking hotel, so that, that would just that would drive me insane. It really would. That would drive me crazy. Well, that... uh. Definitely makes me think of a movie that come out came out recently that if you haven't seen it, I thoroughly suggest called uh, Vivarium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. So. The basic gist, without spoiling anything, is this couple uh, that's played by uh, Jesse Eisenberg and oh, who's the Ooh, I'm in. I, I forget the, the female <laughs> main actress, but they're this young couple and they're looking to get a house together and they f- end up getting shown this house in the super cookie cutter suburban neighborhood where all the houses look the same and mm-hmm. they turn around and the realtor's gone and they can't escape the neighborhood and there's nobody like all the houses are the same. There's no cars. There's no neighbors. They're just stuck in this like suburban neighborhood by themselves and, Ooh. and trying to escape. And this, ha- this goes over like months or years or, you know, that they are stuck in this oh, fuck. and it's oh. fucking wild. The feeling of, is kind of heavy-handed with its symbolism, <laughs> clearly, but it's <laughs> a wild ride, and definitely gives you that feeling of like we can't escape here. What do you do when you can't escape? It's like a desert island of suburb. Is the feeling? It's a great movie. Yeah, I, I definitely want to check that out. Jesse Eisenberg, I love him in movies, and I, his weird uh, social like twi- mannerisms, his, twi- his like <laughs> yeah. ticks and twitches, I think would work well in that scenario as he starts to freak out and yeah. like. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would work really well in the movie, so I'm excited. I want to watch that. And that was called Vivarium? Vivarium. Okay. Uh, next one I was going to bring up, if we're going to just stick with Stephen King, <laughs> let's go with The Mist. Yes. Well, I'm just saying from from The yes. Shining to The Mist. Yeah. Well, um, um, yeah. I mean, because, yeah. yeah, you you don't really want to travel outside the grocery store too far, considering, like, you know, 
lower torsos get pulled back when you try to explore. It's like Black Friday at Walmart out there. <laughs> no shit. And speaking of like hysteria, God, I'm, oh God, I was so glad when Preacher Lady died in both the book and the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, fuck that bitch. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, woohoo. She might as well have been like, 5G caused the virus. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. That, no, that's not. Okay. Let's just not do that. Thank what was you. her name, character's name? Was it Karen? I can't remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the fucked up thing was the threat. Like, they they were in an area that wasn't strong enough to, like, withstand the outside threat. Because, man, remember when the fucking windows broke and those giant fucking, like, hornet wasp things? They were the yeah. size of, like... I don't know, fucking bald eagles flew in there. Ugh. You mean the one that stings that chick on the neck and like yeah. 30 minutes later it's her neck is like a fucking bubble? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I, I might remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, that is a great one. I mean, it, it really showed, it, it really did, a, that one did a great job because it was so many people of showing um, the breaking up into sex of people throughout this little fucking tiny grocery store. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. had like these people, you had these people, you had these people that were just like actually logical thinking people that were trying to figure it out. And they need everybody else, you know, in our, their own little world, in their own little bubble, you know? So that was really good. And then it's got probably one of the worst endings to a movie ever. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But 95% of the movie is fucking badass. And, and it sucks ass the last five. I mean, I like the ending. It's just, it's so bad. It's like so depressing and harrowing. Like, and, and Tom Tom Jane, I mean, I got to give him props. Like, I don't normally like him, but he killed it in that. <laughs> like, Again, I think we've actually brought this up on another episode. But, man, at the very end, when you he gets out of the car... And then the the trucks drive by, and there's the chick who left earlier with her. Oh kids. yeah, there's no way she made that. There's no. You way. almost want to cue the wah wah because <laughs> it's like, oh, I killed my kid. Whoops, like my bad. It's it's like the womp womp, or she. You just like they just voice over. She just like points out from the truck at him and just does the Nelson laugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> Your kid's dead. <laughs> well, basically, he's he's the car you see speeding by in the rain, going way too fast on the interstate, and and she is us watching that car go by. Like I'm gonna see you in a ditch in two miles. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it's um. So, all right, I've got some. There's three isolation movies because all of them do end up isolated in an area. And this is going to be, I mean, all of us love them, but this is right up Hobbit's Alley. We got to talk about the Dead Trilogy, man. Yes, indeed, I mean, we do. Come on, dude. Mm. Come on. I mean, all three, they're locked in something. Right? That's a whole concept. Exactly. <laughs> and Lock the door and don't fucking leave. Exactly. So you, imagine being locked in with people that you have no idea who they are, what they're about. You, you, don't, you, you don't know the first thing about them. And all that matters is survival, but uh, it doesn't because you, apparently feels and. You know, all the other stuff comes into play, you know, even back on in the first in night, you know, like, well, like Night of the Living Dead, one of the major conversations in that movie is whether you fight or whether you hide when it comes to something like that. That is the major yeah. conversation between uh, what is it? Carl Hartman's character that's downstairs and uh, and Dwayne Jones upstairs is whether or not, you know, it's better to have an, an escape, you know, a, a, another move, but going upstairs, mm-hmm. jumping out the window, something. Um, or to just completely hide. And it becomes pretty clear that, you know, having another option is probably the way to go. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is, uh, as we always bring up whenever we talk about anything Romero, is there's a giant social commentary there, especially when the movie came out, that the black man wanted to have another way out and stand up and fight. Just saying. (laughs) Just saying. He was really, he was not subtle with his shit. And when I say, when I talk to people about things with Romero and involving this stuff, they're like, I never got that. Jesus fucking Christ, are you dense? <laughs> yeah, how, like, how? How do you not get that? <laughs> also, like, I, I always have to mention that in 1968, the same year that Martin Luther King Jr. was shot and assassinated, you've got Dwayne Jones smacking a white woman, uh, shooting a white dude, and being the main character in this movie. I mean, that's that's a lot. Pretty progressive. Yeah. But he also does get shot in the head, like, true, you know, King. So By a bunch of rednecks running around with guns, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but then you move into dawn and now dawn it's weird like they show this vast landscape at the beginning of the city but then it still gives you this claustrophobic feel because it takes place in one building they give you this giant view of everything going crazy and then oh here's one building so that's a claustrophobic feel and then it's just a helicopter ride to a mall that again they're just locked in 
you find evil people there, different people mingling, completely isolated. You know, they can't step outside because when, whenever they do, you know, zombies. Yeah, I do. Uh, I do like from Dawn of the Dead. One it, that is more commentating on the nature of consumerism. Obviously, it takes place in a oh, mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not exactly, yeah. you know, subtle. Uh, George no, Romero with his no. movie choices. But what I do like about it is that it clearly shows in that movie that. The, having access to all this stuff, all this excess, isn't what actually makes them feel like safe and at home. It's literally just finding community within each other that is that does it. That the excess yeah. itself actually becomes kind of what is their undoing because it's a draw to bring people out. It's like turning on the the light outside and the bugs come swarm around it. You know, the the mall's like that's drawing people. What really kept them sane was each other. Mm-hmm. And. One thing that was brilliant that Snyder added to the remake, um, and we actually didn't talk about this on Killer Filler, was, dude, if you're quarantined with a bunch of random motherfuckers you don't know, and you find one dude on a roof you can have like a fucking cross-the-street chess game with, I'm all about that. No shit. That was beautiful yep. in the remake. I love that shit. That was such a great touch. Because this yeah. dude's like by himself. Like, I feel worse for that dude. Could you imagine being locked up in a zombie apocalypse by yourself? No but, shit. That would suck. Oh. And it's taunting because you have a fuck ton of guns, but yeah. you're by yourself. You're by your, you <laughs> only carry so many. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like. <laughs> and um, then you move into day, and that is complete isolation. They're underground, <laughs> yeah. fucking bunkers. People are literally just going crazy with power and just turning into assholes and giant pieces of shit. I mean, even the doctor's insane. Like, everybody's crazy in that fucking movie. Well, I think with Day of the Dead, it is doing a really good job of portraying that this is way into the zombie invasion. Like, this, oh, yeah. this has been, I think, years at that point that they'd been dealing oh, with yeah. this. And so everybody is like, think about one of those weeks that you have where you're so busy, you've got so much going on that you're utterly exhausted by the end of the week. Now make that two years where it's nonstop, <laughs> can't sleep, uh, tons of stuff to do. Death is at your door, literally like outside your door at all points. And I think that shows up pretty well that everybody's just at their wits and like well past their wits end. And um, it shows just how dangerous humans can be to each other. Uh, when they're pushed too mm. far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is they're, after a while, like, you knew people were going to start to lose their shit because their only time they get to not, like, the sea above ground, it's, you know, watching fucking zombies come after you. Besides that, it's in the bunker looking at the same fucking fluorescent fucking lights, white brick wall bullshit. Yeah, after a while, those are your only two options. You're going to start to lose your shit, start killing motherfuckers yeah. accidentally. I don't know about killing, I mean, yeah, killing them accidentally, but also, I mean, they, they start hurting fucking zombies, too. There's that. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I wonder if Kurtman got that idea for The Walking Dead from that, because, you know, they start using them for sport. In yeah. The, in the oh, Walking more Dead. likely, yeah. You know? It's, it's, Could they at least build a better fence around the bunker, though? The, <laughs> like, that's always bothered me. It's like the cheap-ass chain link fence. They've got the home-run fence at a Little League park, like, as, <laughs> yeah. as keeping the zombies like, out. Shit. This should hold at least three to four people. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> that always bothers me. Fucking invest in so you can't find any more, ch like, chain link fences to put around, like, make three or four levels. We get a little challenging for the zombies, not eight zombies. All right, we're in. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but again, all three of those really, and they show the different decline of mental states, right? That's the other thing too. Each one's a little bit different as far as how the isolation, it's the isolation mixed with like, like you said, Hobbit, the time frame in which they've been dealing with this nonsense. Mm -hmm. And you just see every, every movie just gives you a different, you know, different thing. Uh, I, I didn't bring up, I don't want to really want to bring up Land of the Dead because there's a lot more freedom, a lot more free space. Yeah. You had a wall, but people could get out and do things. They weren't really isolated. You yeah. know, they had like a little mini city. With a giant tower in the center, and apparently a zombie that can think. And never mind. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Yeah, we're not going into that. Oh one. god. So I, I know it's. I'm a, I'm a land of the dead apologist personally. Uh, I know this about myself. I've gotten plenty of shit, but um, the the moral of that story is basically: aren't we all zombies in the end? You know? Oh so, god damn it! Aren't we all? Not quite, I know that end. that's not oh. as good as like what the other three are trying to put across, but. <laughs> so the only thing that I really enjoyed from that movie, and this is in all honesty, was the fact that we got to see zombify Tom Savini because the douchebag biker gang apparently didn't make it yes. that far 
and then we got to see his character zombified. That was awesome. Hey, that so, makes sense. There's no way he was going to make it through the entire zombie apocalypse without getting bit with how sh- much of a shitbag he true. was. True. Right? So you like 30 seconds of a hour 50 minute <laughs> movie. Yeah. 30 seconds of it are fucking awesome. Yeah. And everything else sucks ass. Yeah, and I've rewatched it multiple times. Like you didn't like the scene where it's like, see- no, leave him be. It's his world now. Yes, seriously. You didn't like, didn't like that part? <laughs> no. Uh. It's... No, seriously, like I've rewatched the movie multiple times. I give I I would still probably stand and watch it just hoping to love another Romero Dead movie, right? And it just and I might be yeah. putting it on too much of a pedestal because even Day of the Dead ended strong as fuck. Like that movie's fucking awesome, right? And Land just doesn't hold up to any of it's them. It's cuz you know what it was? Monkey Shines. Is that what fucked it's him up? Monkey After Monkey Shines, shines <laughs> it just it just it warped Romero and he wasn't able to do anything. I thought it was Tales from the Dark Side. Game. I thought it was Tales from the Dark Side. No, let's, let's do Monkey Shot. I was right. just surprised that in Land of the Dead there wasn't a helicopter at the end because when you finish the other two of three movies that you've made where it ends with like a helicopter and getting away, uh, I mean, it feel, <laughs> kind of sets up just a <laughs> expectation there. Yeah, that is true. But I mean, also, how many years were between day and land? What, 20? Roughly 20? 24? Something like that? Oh, as far as it was re- when they released? Yeah. Um, that was... Uh, was it 80? No, it was 10 two? years. It was about 10 years. Day of the Dead did not come out in the 90, uh, 90s. Land of the Dead came out in like 2004 or 5. Oh, are you talking like Land of the Dead or... The difference Just between the difference Land between and Oh, okay. Okay. It's like, a lot, like, I think it's like 20 or 24 years. Yeah, something, something like that. that. It was like 2004, I think, is when Land of the Dead came out. So Yeah. So it, it was a big gap, too. And the man hadn't really done much outside of that. I mean, a couple, you know... Yeah. We mentioned monkey, monkey shines. Um. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, so I'm, I'm going to switch gears. We uh, we had to, we had to bring up Romero's movies. I mean, they just they come on. Uh, but a movie that is probably unorthodox to some people, but it's totally an isolation and fucking horrific movie. The Green Room. Oh, definitely. Come on, come on. Oh yeah. Fucking Nazi, oh, Nazi Patrick Stewart, like trying to murk your band. <laughs> Lock in. Can, I never get tired, club. by the way, of when we talk about Green Room, and it's always Nazi Patrick Stewart. Come on, man. That, that term will never, that will never get old. You can always say that term, Nazi Patrick Stewart. Just say it over and over. That movie again. should have been because... called Nazi Punks Don't Fuck Off. <laughs> <Yeah>. Shit. <laughs> well, look. All right. The reason that I keep, it's always going to come up, is because. In real life, everything that you see or read or know about the man that he, that is made public, he is like the sweetest human being ever, right? And then when he drops his acting chops, there you go. Fucking Nazi, heroin right. dealing, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> You're like, that's about as far from you as we could get. I'm, I mean, okay, bravo, bravo. I feel yeah. like Picard was like somewhat pretty close to him as a person, like caring and all that stuff. This guy, not even, not even a resemblance. No, not even, not at all. <laughs> well, he's just trying to get the. He even, even like hands out the fucking shoelaces to people. Like it's like a trophy to get your red shoelaces. <laughs> Engage, <laughs> computer. <laughs> Take care of these, not Nazi punks. Yeah, but I mean, dude, like there's a lot in that just that green room. And they do go out in the club, but I mean, it's still, it's not a giant building, right? And they can, they never leave the building until the last like 10 minutes of the movie. So there's a lot of claustrophobia there, a lot of outside terror. Again, they're just, they're like, he's like just bringing in the guns to take care of these people. Like throughout the entire movie, he's like, oh, we need more people. All right. We need more people. Fuck. (laughs) Great, great isolation movie. And and also a great movie that takes such a hard turn and just leaves you uh, Jesus. Like, at the end of that movie, I was just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Holy shit. Uh, I'm going to bring up a movie that I don't know if we've mentioned on this podcast yet. And when we brought up the subject, it was one of the first movies that popped in my head. The Descent. Yes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah that's that on my movie list. Fuck is yeah. Definitely. Claustrophobic. I mean, you, it, it combines being trapped in a fucking cave and then also creatures that are going to fucking murder you. So, like, it's a fucking double whammy it just fucks with you. And I'm the type, I, I sometimes am not good with claustrophobia, and that movie can definitely fuck with me in some of the scenes. Like, it's it's very, very effective and so well done. The Descent 2 was not as good. 
<laughs> can we not can we that one? Can we not? That's why he brought up the descent. Can we not talk okay, about fair. the unneeded <laughs> shitty sequel? God, way to ruin a fucking franchise, you assholes. Right? <laughs> and that was a. I've never seen that. I've only seen the first one. Not no interest in seeing the second one. And the director was like, "Oh well, well descent was pretty good. So what I'm going to do is basically have all the movies that I like from my childhood in one movie and call it Doomsday." <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no! You bring up Doomsday. I fucking no. love me some Doomsday. Oh, so, oh god! I mean, no, it's you love it's it for not all a the wrong movie. reasons. Okay, uh, no, I know it's this not is a not good movie. Turning into a BDS. I love and all eight movies that Doomsday is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, as a follow up to Descent, you are correct. It is d- not a good follow up. But as a, I'm gonna pack in every movie I've ever wanted to make into a into my next movie. Yes, Doomsday is effective if you want to watch eight movies in one. So. All right, I'm going to switch gears from that <laughs> fucking tire fire that he's talking about and go to a movie that re- really surprised me. I, I, was, I believe it was two years ago when I watched it for the first time, but it was fucking good. There was a couple parts that annoyed me, but that's just me personally and my feelings of how they could have been handled. The movie Hush. Very much enjoyed Hush. I enjoyed it, but there were a couple scenes where I'm like, come on, chick. Like, I know when he, you can't hear him and he's behind you. I get it. But when you see him and then he turns his back, Stab a motherfucker in the neck or something. God damn. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Where'd the balls from the final girl go? Seriously. Like, see, I wish that was at, we'd seen that in theaters together because I would be hearing you say, stab a motherfucker in the face. Come on. <laughs> Seriously. Like, come on. You can't hear him, but he's right in front of you. You can see him. The motherfucker's back's turned. Do something. Do something. And she does nothing. She just yep. keeps. Just, but I mean, all in all, it is a good, enjoyable, rewatchable movie, at least in my opinion. And talk about isolation she's by herself in this fucking remote cabin house well house in the middle of the woods and this dude with a master decides to come fuck with her which leads into another movie that's really really <laughs> hard on the isolation and people wearing masks we could really go into i believe Here we call the strangers yep that fucking <laughs> woo, 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 woo yeah that movie yeah yeah. Well, there's a whole genre right of like invasion movies that uh, the strangers falls into that have kind of similar a similar trope, but it kind of all works in its own way. There's the strangers. There's uh, you're next. There's them. The French film them. Uh, there's mm-hmm. uh, fucking two degree straw dogs. I mean, <laughs> well, to a degree, the purge. Really, yeah. If you think about it. I was going to say, do I bring up The Purge or not? I mean, we have to. It's isolated. The first one's in one house. Like, the rest of them are out in the world. This one's in a house. And we get to see Ethan Hawke try to not save his family. Anyway. (laughs) Is that most of the Ethan Hawke horror movies is him not saving his family? He does a pretty piss poor job. (laughs) No shit. Terrible. Terrible. Because how many family members are left after Sinister? I mean, I could be wrong, but he just does a piss poor job with that. So, there you go. Yeah. No. Yeah, but they did it to themselves. I mean, they locked down the house. You saw them pushing buttons and just fucking steel gauge fucking dampers over the windows and doors and shit. Right? They isolated themselves from the outside. It wasn't like something they felt like you know they did out of necessity at the moment. It was like pre-planned. Like, oh, fucking purge night here. I mean, I'm rich. Let me just lock, lock myself up into my house. Meh, meh, meh. And then mm-hmm. for some reason, I open up the fucking door to people. Okay, why would you go through all that lockdown money? Because Mr. it'd Rich be Boy. a bo- it'd be a even more boring movie. Correct. <laughs> they knocked on the door and said, "Fuck off!" And then the end credits. Like you are not a twenty minute movie. <laughs> you are not wrong. Now there's a number of movies just like there's in uh, uh, invasion movies with uh, or home invasion movies like The Strangers and You're Next and The Purge. There's a whole subgenre of movies based on Fallout. Uh, not the game uh, about like nuclear fallout about being stuck in your home because there's something outside the most popular one uh, that people would probably lean on right now at least is uh, part of a kind of trilogy of movies uh, no it's not no it's not it's just two movies <laughs> just two movies it's two movies uh, are we not gonna bring up the third one at all no <laughs> No, I won't even bring it up, even though it's just get to the good one. Of and of course, we're talking about the sort of sequel to uh, to Cloverfield 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. yes. God, that movie was so good. What's great about it being sort of a sequel is that it's a Hitchcock movie and then a sequel. Like the first mo- the first what hour is Hitchcock movie and then the reveal is sequel. And that's why I was so fucking impressed with that movie. And can we, come on, 
Everybody in that fucking cast, dude. Like, it's one of the best performances of John Goodman. Oh, he's incredible. I forget um, her name, but she was in Alien Covenant. She was in Fargo season three. She was in a. She was in uh, Birds of Prey. She was in a bunch of stuff. That actress. The Thing prequel. The what? She was in the Thing prequel. R- really? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are you doing? Because I know your hatred. So I, why are you doing I, this? I, I wanted to. You mentioned Birds of Prey, dude. All right, come it's on. It's a big movie. Listeners probably might have seen that. They know that movie. Like, oh, it's her. She was the huntress. Okay. <laughs> They've Whatever. also possibly seen the pre the Thing prequel. All right. Yeah, I guess if they're into bad movies, sure. Okay. <laughs> fucking pile of shit. God damn it. Fuck the CGI in that. Okay. How do you fucking do a movie? <laughs> With all this amazing, the, the original thing, had, the practical effects were so fucking tiresome that the fucking dude literally went borderline insane and had to take a break and check him and, and, and like control himself because he worked so hard on the practical effects. And you come in and you do some CGI <laughs> bullshit? The fuck? Eat a dick. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, Hobbit. I, I actually I was setting that up too. Uh, I was going to set it up when we were talking about the thing originally. And since we missed that, I he brought oh, I didn't the actress. Miss it. So. I did that on I, purpose. I I took an opportunity. You brought a Birds of Prey. Anyhow, let's get back to John Goodman's goodness. <laughs> I mean, talk about a... Uh, see, like, I understand him. Like, I, I, I didn't look at him as a villain, even though kind of towards the end it was made to be like he was a villain. But he really wasn't. He was like, don't open the fucking door. Like, with good I reason. Think killing, I think killing somebody because they moved your shit around... Makes you a villain, all right. All right, that was like that was very that was like right towards the last scene in the bucket. Like, all right, up, all right <laughs> okay, up that. all right, all right. <laughs> but uh, the, the whole time, I mean, like, what goes into saying what, like, what Hobbit said earlier, like, how long have they been down there before she came along? Like, I mean, I mean, the bunker's big, but it's not that fucking big. I mean, people are going to go fucking insane if they're locked in the same place for two fucking. Oh long. yeah, it's that goddamn simple. Like, we are not made to be sedentary we are nomadic creatures we need to move we need to travel we need to go to experience different places that's in our, it's like in our dna human humans have always done that so what makes you think that like oh well, there's something very dangerous outside that we oh, logically yes we need to stay inside and lock down that doesn't mean we're not going to go fucking crazy while we're doing it <laughs> like we're going against our own primal urges with that shit um also a little side note with 10 cloverfield lane that you guys may not be aware of but uh years before that movie came out there was a eerily similar storyline to uh, a anthology series called Metal Herlant. Uh, there was a French series based on heavy metal. That's actually the original title for heavy metal in France is Metal Herlant. No shit. And there was, I think, okay. six, six or eight episode TV series uh, based on uh, the spirit of the comic books. You know, it, it, and uh, one of them is very similar to 10 Cloverfield Lane. And that came out okay. huh. probably 10 years before 10 Cloverfield Lane. Now, can you find this anywhere? I'm sure you can. I, I don't know if it's on any streaming services. Um, I think at one point it was on Amazon Prime, but I would double check. Maybe YouTube. YouTube's been really good at like finding these weird ass old fucking like older films that really didn't get you know a lot of play and so on and so forth. Like that because they're free, so they can post up a full a full fucking you know clip of the entire episode. So maybe maybe YouTube. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I do. I kind of want to watch that. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fun series there's some fun uh fun little stories in there Mm -hmm. another oddball one that i don't know if a lot of people took the took the time to check out i did one night i was staying up late to get on night shift schedule and uh, i had seen it multiple times the imagery kind of always grabbed me i just never bit the bullet but uh, it's a movie called the last shift and it's about Mm. this rookie cop who on her first night they're moving police stations right so on her first night, she actually gets stationed at the old police station, um, you know, because they, they everyone's at the new one. They're just like waiting to basically move whatever files they have left and evidence and shit over to the new station, which is happening the next day. So she gets locked in. I mean, she gets posted up there to make sure if people still come in, they can transfer, you know, the call to the new police station or whatever, so on and so forth. But it's just her and the whole fucking police station, right? And prior... There had been a cultist who was locked up in the police station. It was where he got arrested, and he like him and his and his followers got arrested too, and they all killed themselves in the police station. Oh, that old so there's that a, old yeah, standard uh, gem. <laughs> yeah. And they were yeah, so bunch of fucking sheep. So there was so there was this like cool like Satanist thing she, like that, you know, they were left behind and they, you know, and it, it fucked with the whole time, but the suspense was really good. They did a really good job with the shots to keep you guessing it was just her, but like 
You know what I mean? Like it was just really surprising that I enjoyed it, and I watched it uh, once. I watched it once since the first time. Still enjoyed it. So that's a good isolation one because one person locked in some grody ass old ass building that's got some fucking history to it. Like I mean, that could definitely creep you the fuck out. Uh, recently, I've been getting into the Into the Dark series on Hulu, uh, and there's what a movie that fits what we're talking about perfectly called They Come Knocking. Yeah, which is. Honestly, probably my favorite of the Into the Dark really? series. I, I, it's shot well, but it's pretty much this dad and his two kids take an airstream up to the mountains, where of course no cell phone signal. They're in their airstream late at night, and there's a knock on the door, and two of the creepiest little fucking kids you will ever see asking to come in, and it just goes from there. Mary and Kate Nashley, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. if you gave them hoodies, okay. yeah. But they look but, like, see, they're creepy because there's their adult faces on their child bodies. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. yeah no, but it's, it, it's really good. And I mean, they're pretty much trapped in their fucking airstream. It, it's very effective. I enjoy that one a lot as well. Uh, anybody who hasn't checked in out the end of the dark series should definitely do that. Well, another one that talks about isolation that is self-induced uh, when we go into that is the body. I mean, not the body, the flesh and blood. Flesh and Blood. That was second, the other one I was going to bring up. The second movie yeah. that f- happened in November of 2018. It was around. Th- it was the Thanksgiving episode. I forget what causes her. I think her mom dies. Um, and but mom she becomes agoraphobic. Mom's murdered. And yes. she becomes and so she can literally not walk out of the house. Not walk out of the house. She's scared to death, and she's agoraphobic. And could you imagine like self-induced, not because you wanted to self-isolation? Could you imagine yeah. that? Like I couldn't imagine. Be- like it sucks being isolated when you when like you all you want to do is be outside, but being isolated, wanting to be outside, but then your brain's telling you that no, you can't go outside. Oh God, oh no, <laughs> that's too much. There, that's just too much. So no, I recommend everybody check out uh, Into the Dark series. They just dropped the April one, um, like two, like I think a week ago, two weeks ago. I haven't watched it yet. Though. Well, that's gonna say they've got a Mother's Day one that I think is coming out this weekend. Oh, nice. For the upcoming weekend. Yeah. yeah I, I caught up. One of these weekends. I've, I've caught up recently. <laughs> I've only got like one to watch. I think it's the April one. So, fuck yeah. Good stuff. So, another one, and I think Mike will like this, and I don't know why we didn't just transfer over to this when we were talking about sci-fi, but oh, we, we got we to gotta go into some Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to touch on Horizon. I mean, come on, I dude. I was waiting for it. Come on. <laughs> that movie, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it it touches all the beats as far as that goes. Like crew goes insane. Weird that weird room, that sensory room. Fuck. Oh. Okay, you've yeah. got like cheesy space like soldier movie check. You've got yeah. some like cosmic horror Lovecraftian shit going on. Yeah. Check. You've got just Sam Neill check. So yeah. Um, fully clothed. Lawrence or... Fishburne. There you go. <laughs> Um, it is such a, it's a movie that doesn't deserve to be as fun as it is, because it, I will agree. Or on does that. it? It it in the end it is just a really weird like sci-fi horror movie that is you can see that this director would go on to do the Resident Evil movies. Like <laughs> you could definitely see that. Oh, but yeah, that's right. Because there's this like unknowing cosmic horror Lovecraftian kind of like multiple dim- hell dimension thing subtext to it it gives it more depth than it deserves and uh and also just some really gruesome moments fuck yes <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> movies like it was like if hellraiser was in space with a weird like you know other and you know otherworldly entity kind of thing yeah you know what i mean it's the closest yeah. to that video game dead space ever getting a uh a full feature film they needed to stop trying to make video games movies. Yeah. So don't give them any ideas. Yeah, don't stop. Know. Stop. <laughs> He's, it, I hope he didn't hear you. He loves making those fucking no video shit, game movies. Right? Oh. How did we get back to this motherfucker from the last episode we did? Because how, God damn, how it Paul W. Anderson. I mean, he didn't make one good movie. Well, he two. Did. Yes. The first Resident Evil was good, so he made two right. good movies. But we've talked about it way too much in the last two episodes. Like, oh, congratulations. You're uh, a higher grade than Ubi uh, Boyle. All right? Come on, man. Fucking oh, God. not good. Oh. All right. Well, uh, then let's let's get off that. There's one that came out recently in the last couple of years that really fucking gave me goosebumps. Hair's, hair standing up the whole time I watched it. Uh, fucking Don't Breathe. 
There you fucking go. That was yes. the last one I was going to bring up. Come on. <sighs> Who knew that a blind dude could be fucking terrified? That dude was like legit trained, though. Like, so when he lost a sense, he just kind of knew what to do to adapt to be this most the deadliest motherfucker he could be. Think about it. Include right? filling up a semen uh, syringe. I mean, I, you didn't, know, I didn't go there. I was, I was talking about how he was like murking the kids. <laughs> I didn't talk about his like his like turkey sperm base. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> there's so much shit I remember that movie, but that's the specific thing that terrifies the fuck no, out. I'm of right me. with Hunter, like 100. percent The most terrifying is him in that weird scratchy voice, like I put my sperm in a turkey baster. Like, no, I'm done. I'm oh. Done. Oh, yeah. stop it. Old dude oh. sperm. Yeah, like not not really. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Uh, like when well, then he goes in the whole description about how like she took my daughter and now I'm getting another one. I'm like, dude, how? what the fuck? That's your logic. Yep. She killed your kid. So then you basically force feed her your sperm and then she makes another kid that can replace your daughter. N- no, that's no, that's not how that works. There's that's a court. Why I won't go to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they got. That's all they got left in Detroit, right? Just like turkey-based rape. Yeah, yep. forced rape. Actually, force-fed my sperm was a uh, another single that that uh, Robin Thicke was going to release, but then Blurred Lines really got oh, a lot of pushback, and uh, and he decided to hold off on that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you. Force-fed for my sperm. Yeah. <laughs> <I> was- <laughs> Uh, I wonder if I'm going to trouble for making that the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. It, it's not gratuitous, right? It's it's a lot. <laughs> it's oh, a whole lot. <laughs> oh, fuck PC bullshit. That's the greatest title ever. Force fed my sperm. No, that's funny in context, but out of context, that's a lot. <laughs> well, then maybe they need to listen yeah. to the episode so they get the in context. There you yeah. go. See? I don't know not if that should be fault. the introduction to them checking yeah, out the right? episode, though, yeah. is that title. Like, <laughs> you had me at the title. I mean, I would check that out. I'm just saying. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> you guys end up with a very very specific and weird audience after that episode. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's weird. I, I keep wanting to bounce back into sci-fi. Like, I guess it's cool. I didn't just clam, you know, just slam them all together. But has anybody seen the movie Life? Yes. With Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And, um, who's the other guy? Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, it was okay. It was. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was. It was a movie. <laughs> yeah. It was kind the of upsetting, Hobbit just though. literally did my review. Yeah. It was it was a movie. Yeah. It was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little upsetting though. Like it was just gross. Like I, if Fabian mentioned earlier on an episode, like it was just like foul the way that thing like kind of moved around and just ew, like ran into rammed himself down people's throats. It was disgusting. It the setup was good, and then the rest of the movie was a movie. <laughs> I mean, like, like I I hate that when like you build up and you're like, oh, this this could actually get into something. And then, like, that screenwriter died, and then the guy came in who had no idea where that screenwriter was going and just wrote a very generic fucking movie because yeah, it falls flat, in it my opinion. It really does. Like, the setup is solid. It's a decent plot, and then nothing comes from it. Yeah, the last, like, 30 minutes was pretty much uh, meh. I will agree with yeah. that. I will yeah. agree with that. It was meh. But I didn't hate watching it the first time, but again, I haven't rewatched it. It's not a re. It's not a rewatch movie. No, but I didn't hate it the first time. And you know what? It might be someone's cup of tea. Yeah, maybe. But um, I did have one movie that I wanted to mention that I think I've mentioned it to you guys before. That very much a perfect isolation film, super under the radar. I don't know why more people don't know about this movie. It stars like Mila Venmiglia, Michael Bean. Um, I think Patricia Arquette. Um, it's a movie called the divide yes you have mentioned that yes ah, yes, yes I have you have mentioned that watched it yet I, I can't find it anywhere without paying for it <laughs> that's so. it's so surprising that like i saw it and then turned groots onto it and he adored it as well and nobody knows about this movie it's brilliant it's kind of lord of the flies in in an apartment basement it's uh, there's bombs drop and then there's fallout and people are stuck in a fallout shelter and the basement of this apartment building and then their little internal society starts to collapse over time. And it's upsetting and dark and weird and honest. Uh, it, it really, it feels like these would be the choices that some people would make, you know, it, gotcha. it, it's, it's a lot. Um, and it's, it's a, can be a pretty upsetting movie. 
um, but well worth a watch. Um, I think everybody performed pretty well in the movie too. So you're saying when you go to watch it, just strap in, get the get everything in check. Yeah, kind of. But also understand that it is a it is an isolation movie, which a lot of those the pacing is a little bit slower, and this is a slightly slow. I wouldn't say it's necessarily even slow. It's just it's takes place in one area. So it, there's not a there's not a lot uh, there's some action actually but not a lot you know this yeah. is more of like a a slow burn like creepy um like psychological fuck you movie okay so I mean I'm down for that yeah I'm always down for that and uh, there's at least one more I want to I gotta mention because uh, I've been in love with this movie since it came out uh fucking dog soldiers I mean yes. They're in the oh, woods, yeah. and then they go into a house, <laughs> and the rest of the movie takes place in a house. They are isolated. This entire unit <laughs> of British soldiers is isolated in a house with a bunch with a family of fucking werewolves that are trying to get back into their house. Uh, God, that movie is fucking brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. There's still no people that haven't seen that yet. And I'm like, wait, you like horror? Do you like werewolves? Okay, you do. Why have you not <laughs> seen Dog Soldiers? Check, check. <laughs> <laughs> And some of the greatest dry humor in a fucking werewolf movie, too. That British dry humor just shines in that movie. That surprised me when I first saw Dog Shoulders. I didn't realize that it was actually funny, too. I mean, it's got great action, great prop work, too. The the werewolves really are scary. Yeah. Um, They're very similar to, like, the howling werewolf a little bit that just stand completely upright, pointy-eared, yep. like, hair up on ends kind of thing, you know? I mean, I know a lot of other people have done it, too, but they did it bad. The howling did it really well. Yeah. Um, so they really did a good job with the, the you're right, the practical effects was awesome. Yeah. You know, like there's that one scene in the garage when the dude tries to escape and he runs to the garage to get the vehicle and he turns, he, it won't, it won't start. And then, but he, he turns the key and then he turns the lights on cause he heard something. Then there's a werewolf. They're one of the, one of the werewolves are just like in front of the vehicle. And then the end to that was he basically, uh, got the guy out of the car and then he just like rips his head off and just chucks it. And I'm like, bravo. Yeah. Bravo. That was well done. Oh yeah. So, all right. Um, anybody got anything else they wanted to bring up? Anybody got any like little, you know, little hidden gems? No. Uh, one, you know? you just, one quick one, real quick is a uh, another one stuck in the house. Or there's actually two uh, that very similar plot lines, but one is a comedy and one is not. Um, mm-hmm. a, and both I think are about a dirty bomb going off in L.A. And the first one is right at your door, uh, and it's just about. It was during the whole everybody buying. Or it was a couple years after everybody buying the plastic sheeting and duct tape and it was definitely playing on that kind of fear a little bit that dirty bomb goes off in LA and it's just people trying to figure out what happened and trying to get safe and like protect themselves from the fallout of that explosion. Uh, the other one is a movie starring David Cross. I knew it. <laughs> um, Wait, what? Yeah. Um, is it, yeah. is it catastrophe? Is that the name of the movie? Fuck. And of course right now I can't think of the yeah. name of the movie, but uh, but that's where a couple invites another couple over for brunch and, and the process, there's a dirty bomb that goes off and they're trapped in the house. It's a disaster. And that's yeah. the name of the movie. Oh yeah. It's, it's a, a disaster. disaster. That's the right. Name of the movie. Um, it, but it's pretty it's funny. pretty funny. Okay. And then of course, yeah, I don't... <laughs> there's a, uh, the movie, not horror, but it's definitely incredibly uncomfortable about, uh, parents that meet each other after their kids get in a fight. And then it just completely degrades over time, starring Christopher Mintz Plus, or not Christopher Mintz Plus, um, Christoph Waltz, definitely a different oh, actor. Um, nice, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, and like and a number of, uh, I think John C. Riley is in it, and who else? Uh, it called uh, Carnage. Okay, and that's really well done. It's definitely like a single room. They feel like trapped in it because they're trying to fix this situation that they're in with their p- kids getting in a fight, and it's. Uh, Really uncomfortable and really fun. And I mean, I, it'd be weird to see John C. Riley in like, like one of the upsetting roles because he's done a couple, but you know, that's not like his what he's everyone knows him for, right? So that's he's fucking of, Dewey Cox. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah, exactly, right? You know, he's <laughs> Dewey Cox. He's, he's uh, he's the bake, you know, and shake and bake. I mean, yep. come on, man, like you don't expect <laughs> him to be in these movies, but he has done those in the past, and they've been he's been really yeah. good at that, you know. So I, I, I kind of I want to see that. Yeah, there will be a list of all these movies. It was a lot, but I mean, there are tons of isolation horror movies. I know Hobbit said that last. You know, it wasn't really horror, but it was uh, uncomfortable. And let's face it, horror can just be uncomfortable. It doesn't yep. have to be something that's gore related or whatever. If it makes you feel like you're crawling out of your skin, which is the ultimate 
version, at least to me, of uncomfortable, then that's that's horrific to me too. So, you know, we gotta. There's a, there's it's a wide breath <laughs> as far as the work goes. You've got to. So, it, it must your gatekeeping horror. You've got to have kind of a a vague idea of what that means. Horror, you know, exactly. Um, exactly. It, it's up to everybody's personal taste to whether or not it's a horror movie for themselves. You know, some. Mm-hmm. Carnage for me was about like upper middle class like white people arguing about their kids uh, that were spoiled brats. That's horror to me. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's horrifying. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's it for our our list of so you know isolation horror movies. Hope that uh, some of these movies definitely show you what the horror that is in isolation. Uh, but that is not it. Uh, before we get to the last segment, I do want to make a statement. I know when this episode comes out, we don't know where we're going to be yet in this mess because it's right now, it's at least in Virginia, it's week by week with how we're, we're, we're handling things according to our yeah. officials. So we might have a slight reprieve into the beginnings of opening up or we could get another two weeks of complete lockdown. We don't know. So I know every one of us is feeling it. Uh, it it's a very stressful time. So just remember, you know, I mentioned this on the other episode. If you didn't listen to that yet, you can go back and listen to that. But I was like, we're not social distancing. There's there's Matt Heafy from Trivium mentioned that it's like the wrong terminology for it. We're physical distancing, right? Like I'm seeing you I'm seeing you two right now and I'm socializing with you too. I'm socializing with the audience. That may actually made you look better, Hunter, by the way. Oh okay. Um, but I'm not I'm not socially distancing from you because we are being social right now. If, when we're not seeing each other, we're still messaging and talking. We know what's going on in each other's lives. We are physically distancing ourselves from other people. And I think that turn of phrase, it, can, it helped me because then it's like, wait a minute. Okay. Now, I just have to, I can't physically be next to the person. That doesn't mean I can't socialize with the person. True. Right? It, it really just stems like a... When you hear social distancing, I feel like people that are already slightly introverted normally in life, but then go out when they feel comfortable, or people that just don't go out in general, not even because they're introverted, they just don't go out. I think it makes people automatically turn inward and be and just kind of become isolated, you know? Because now, well, I can't be social with people. It's like no, 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 no. That's not that's not what this is about. It's about physically being around people. Yeah, you need to you need to handle that. That's what this is about. So, you know, um, when you when you can during this, you know, support your local businesses. I know Richmond's got a fuck ton. We try to support ones where we can, you know, we don't try not to go to the same place twice and give, spread the love, you know, your local breweries, your local food, you know, like hit up a local tattoo artist who does local art too. He does like side art as well. Hit him up for some, for some work. You know, if you, if you've got this idea you want and you've got the money to spend and just help them out, there's, there's tons of things you can be doing to help out your local community during this time. Hell yeah. And with that, it is time for... Stump. The Host. All right, so Stump the Host is a rapid-fire trivia segment. We asked the guests to bring a bunch of questions to try to stump the hosts. And Hmm. then Hunter and I get to just brag and... You know, swing dicks yeah. and yeah, see, see who's uh, you know has the more knowledge. Yeah, exactly. You know. And right now, Hunter's yeah. in the lead, so that's why he's got that. Oh, sound. am I? Oh, yeah. So okay. when he's not in the lead, he's he literally is like, fuck this trivia contest, whatever. So right now, it's fucking awesome. I love this shit because he's he's winning by by one, one, Yes. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And Mike, you get to decide who goes first. Uh, well, since uh, Hunter's in the lead, I'm going to go ahead and go with Lowdown going first Ooh. on this one. Ooh. That helped me out last time, yeah. too. It did, <laughs> goddammit. Getting that first question, yep. All right, so for Lowdown, the first question I have here is uh, something somewhat relating to uh, the subject matter that we're talking about here. Um, oh, boy. The famous line, the call is coming from inside the house, is from what movie? When a Stranger Calls? Correct. Correct. Nice. God damn it. Bam. <laughs> with the quickness son with the quickness yep uh we i actually love that movie i do and i enjoy the original the i, th- I think it was like i don't oh, even f- talk about it yeah i don't even talk about the remake, the remake not talk about <laughs> yeah it. yeah just the original they didn't even make a nope. remake don't <laughs> worry about exist. it um hunter yes which so we talked about george romero a decent amount on this episode um which george romero movie features a cameo by the misfits god damn it um uh, um, I don't 
yeah, I'm drawing a fucking plank. Right. Just say it. Down. All right, I'm going to steal. I'm going to go with Land, Land of the Dead. Incorrect. Is it Diary? No. no it, it was a George Romero movie. It was not a zombie film. It was oh. a Bruiser was the name of the film. God damn it. Ugh. I saw the movie like once. Honestly, yeah, not, I remember. It's I, I knew it wasn't a zombie movie. one, but you know, this whole thing, fuck. I'm supposed to be stumping you. So I say, I that's know, a... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. God damn it! Okay, well that was a wash. So uh, yay okay. to me. So <laughs> who's next? Is it Lowdown next? Or okay, yes, yeah, Lowdown. Uh, for three, we talked about uh, The Shining a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, name the real name of the hotel from The Shining. Not not the name of the hotel from the from the book in the film. But the hotel that was used for the movie The Shining. Oh, I know, I know what you mean. God damn it! Oh, I know this. Oh, uh, it's rapid. So I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Hunter, if you know it, this is fucking sad because my dad actually went to visit that, and I should fucking know this, and I have no fucking clue. God damn it! So, like they, yeah, yeah. I actually follow them too because they have like they have these awesome events. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we neither of us know, uh, so. The name of the hotel is the Stanley Hotel. Son of a bitch. Which <laughs> oh, you think would be easy to remember. You might win but... with one fucking answer. This is going to piss me the <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, no, within, in my brain, you say that easy to remember, but in my brain, like all that matters is the overlook. I don't really sure. give yeah, a fuck. Overlook. But I do follow that hotel because they post, like, they do, like, live ball events and shit like that. Like, they kind of show in the movie. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. They do, like, giant things like that well so. they also i think two nights uh a year the band murder my death does uh a like a two-night thing at the stanley hotel uh in the ballroom they have like a big concert thing two-night thing oh, every that's year right. that's yeah. nice that's fucking right. oh man i want to go so bad oh yeah just a long ride to uh <laughs> long drive <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so for question four we're going over to fuck you hunter for this one here Uh, For Hunter, um, you are a fan of these, so you might be able to answer this one, uh, hopefully, uh, maybe. Uh, The Into the Dark film series uh, is in Uh its second season. Uh, What was the very first season, episode one, season one episode of Into the Dark? The Body. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I, I would have got that. Motherfucker, you wouldn't have watched in the dark of Woods for me, Hunter. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck Whatever you in your bitch face. You, Whatever bitch retired. Whatever bitch I am the reason that you even fucking watch those, you <laughs> cocksucker. Okay. I just still saying. had to know the fucking answer, bitch. God damn it. Yeah, you just watched them. Of course you know the answer. You plowed through them. I did, I don't, I'm not watching them in order, by the way. So, uh, yeah, whatever. I did. I was like, All fuck right. it. Anyway. All right. right. So on to question five. Uh, you're tied at one apiece now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So on to question five. So uh, for this one, again, talking about George Romero, I got I to gotta do a couple George Romero questions when I'm on and we talk George <laughs> Romero. Of course Romero. you do. Yes. Of course you do. So uh, for George Romero, Night of the Living Dead uh, classically had some copyright issues uh, that allowed it to be used basically for free uh, by a number of movie theaters that is why it became a this midnight movie sensation at a lot of movies theaters because the it was basically free because the copyright screwed up. There was an original title that Night of the Living Dead was known by that was on the work print, um, which very recently Criterion released a uh, an edition that had the work print under this title as one of the discs. So what is the work print title of Night of the Living Dead? I own that fucking copy. I do too. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, oh, I'm gonna go with Night of the Ghouls. Close. Mm. Oh, that's 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 all I got. Like I remember, I put it in and I saw the title go across, and it wasn't Night of the Living Dead. I, 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 oh, I thought it was Night of the Ghouls. Motherfucker, Hunter, Ooh. do you have a an Ooh. idea? Ghouls Night Out. I have no idea. <laughs> it is not Ghouls Night Out. No, uh, that is incorrect. All right. <laughs> All right. We both answered, so uh, the, the name of the uh, work print for Night of the Living Dead is Night of Anubis. Night of Anubis. <laughs> I'm not even upset that I didn't get it wrong. No, I am because I own Hearing it. Hearing Stevens' I own it. pain <laughs> it's in makes me so happy. In the other room. So in the other not room. Not even upset. Yeah, I'm not even upset. That's a good question. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right so it's you hunter now oh okay shit. hunter uh for this one uh we did talk about werewolf movies a little bit okay mm. and uh there is a one of the things that we talked about was the howling and was mentioned at least during the series uh there was a sequel to the howling the howling 2 
What was the subtitle name of The Howling 2? The Lycan? I have no idea. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot it. Uh, is it the beginning? That's what I'm going with. I believe, and, and you know what, actually, I'm now doubting myself, but <laughs> let me check. I'm pretty sure it's My Sister is a Werewolf. Yes. <laughs> I know it's a shit movie. I've never seen it. The Howling so. 2? Oh, God. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I thought it was the beginning. I'm double checking here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Your nope. Sister is a Werewolf is the name of the title. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we need the tiebreaker. With this shit. Here we go. Here we go. All right, I have a uh, have the final question here uh, to get this final tiebreaker here. In Day of the Dead, yeah, coming with another Romero question. Uh, there is one character um, that I need the name for a name of the character based on their line of dialogue. That is, oh god, legendary uh, dialogue from this film. Um, name of the character is what I'm looking for. The line is choke on them. Low down. Uh, oh God. Uh, 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 raw, uh, ro- uh, Rhodes. Captain Rhodes. Captain Rhodes. Captain Rhodes is. Ah, oh God damn it! <laughs> I was gonna say. I should have counted like, that shit down. I'm like, no, it's Rhodes. I, did, I I picked that fucking clip for the goddamn. Fucking- <laughs> I thought we might have had another psycho moment here. Uh, <laughs> no, nope. Captain Rhodes. Captain Rhodes. God, fucking damn it! Choke and we're talking again. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> such yeah. a great for those scene. who was uh, for those who made it to GalaxyCon in Richmond back in February before everything went fucking insane. Got to see that clip because it's an amazing clip. It really is, and there's a little st- nice little story behind it. So go back and listen to the episode "The Kills That Made Us" to check that out. Boom. Yes. And uh, so now we are tied again, Hunter. So yeah, we just shrunk it. a little bit. Just <laughs> choke little on bit. it. See, see, see. Look at him. Look at him, little fucker. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. So thank you. Hobbit for being on. We appreciate it. We brought some baller ass fucking questions. Thank honestly, you. That was Thank good you. too. Except for that last one. That was off the seat of your pants. See, I'm just going to mention it, even though it won't seem like it, it will be in the episode. I'm just gonna like you it. said, you were going to save me from the bus you were going to throw me under, and then you're like, <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> you're like, bring it on the okay, back, up, Buzz. I mean, it's me. Come on, man. What'd you expect? Anyway, <laughs> it's a me. It's a lowdown. <laughs> it's a lowdown. <laughs> so, uh, everyone, until we talk to you next time, just stay safe. Podcast.com.